Welcome to episode 61 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish, a professor of communication at the University of Waterloo in Canada, and this is a podcast about communication skills. So in the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about leadership, and today I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite components of leadership, uh, which I call catalyzing conversations or the ability to catalyze conversations. And this kind of picks up on a couple of themes, two real themes um, from uh, some earlier episodes, at least two themes from earlier episodes. In last episode, we were talking about a kind of openness to uncertainty or a kind of ability to communicate in response to uncertainty or ambiguity or, or a way to look for or listen for uncertainty or ambiguity instead of closure. And in earlier episodes, we talked about humble inquiry or asking good questions or drawing people out through, through good questions. So I want to take those two things and try to develop them into a more strategic small group communication skill. And the the I call that skill catalyzing effective conversations. So let's um, before we get to what that is, let's take a one step backwards first. Um, I often these days think about leadership as a matter of working in large professional bureaucratic institutions. So I work at a university, we have got five faculties, professors at different ranks, graduate students, undergraduate students, administrators, staff. Um, it's a big mix of people, and that mix of people is organized hierarchically with different roles and responsibilities assigned to different people. I don't think that's that different than a large corporation where there are managers, middle managers, uh, executive teams, etc. So I'm the chair of a department of about 20, 25 faculty members and five staff. And that means I call department meetings, but it also means I sit on other committees with other chairs from around the Faculty of Arts. So the fact that I inhabit that kind of institutional space means I go to a lot of meetings. Now, I confess that I find many of these meetings boring and really not very productive. That's because that's not because of any one person in the meetings. I pretty much like the, the people that I work with but it's because of the structural organization of the meetings themselves. Uh, Most of those meetings are structured in a way that they pass along information from one person to the rest of the people in the meeting. What if, however, the meetings we had within the organizations that we inhabit were exciting, exhilarating, and impactful for everyone in the room? What if they were kinds of transformative experiences? I would call those meetings or those conversations deliberations. And they're different than just meetings. And here's an important kind of first thing to note. Good leaders don't just have meetings. They sometimes have to have meetings. So information needs to be passed along. That's fine. But good leaders don't just have meetings. They also have deliberations. And a really good leader is able to catalyze effective deliberative moments. And the characteristic of an effective deliberative moment is a moment in which the participants are impacted by the quality of the conversation. So if you can think about the last meeting you attended and whether or not you were impacted by the quality of the conversation, that will let you in on whether or not it was a deliberation or just a regular old meeting. Uh, Those kinds of moments don't really happen in in meetings or in any kind of formal setting. 
they might happen in workshops. They might happen as a result of casual or unexpected conversations. They could be uh, figured into regular meetings, but that's a challenge. Um, when Pixar kind of arranged its uh, building and its uh, infrastructure, it had these kinds of catalyzing conversations in mind. It created a space where pe by people would casually and informally bump into one another so that they would get, engage in, in unexpected conversations about the, the work that they were doing. And these would kind of catalyze, these would be catalyt catalytic effective deliberative moments that would change through the outcomes of certain things. Uh, deliberation, by the way, also requires effective facilitation. I discussed that in an earlier episode. Uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to focus on effective facilitation. That's a necessary component of leadership, also. Um, but in, instead, I want to talk about what the or how a leader can catalyze an effective conversation. Uh, so, and and actually, before I even get to the how, one of the outcomes of designing and leading a deliberation instead of just a meeting is that actually decision making in meetings later on should be improved. So instead of relying on just the gut instincts or the intellectual acumen of one person, effective deliberations tap into the resources of a group of people in order to make the best decision possible. And so leaders, if they're attuned to uncertainty, if they really are open-minded, they ask more questions than, like open-minded people ask more questions than, than make statements. And if you're asking more questions, you're opening up possibilities for effective deliberations and you're not kind of closed off to where the conversation might go. I also talked about talking with and talking to in an earlier episode. That's another necessary skill for effective deliberations. Okay, so how can a leader catalyze an effective conversation? Uh, first, let's talk about the word catalyze. Catalyze means to cause an action or process to begin. I use that word because leaders can't and shouldn't be primarily focused on the end of a process. If you focus on the beginning and not the end, you leave yourself open to different possible outcomes. And that actually communicates trust and interest in others, just like humble inquiry does. And it also recognizes that the structure of the process will impact the outcome, which is something that I really believe. So if the, if the process is structured uh, in one way or another, that will influence what the decision ultimately is. Uh, so that structure has a clear purpose. So, so a, a, a deliberation has to have a clear purpose. It has to engage multiple perspectives. It has to frame issues and questions effectively. It has to set a scene and it has to construct an experience for the participants. That last one I think is particularly important. Those are the five central features of impactful deliberations. So we have a purpose. We engage multiple perspectives. We frame issues and questions effectively. We set a scene and we construct an experience for the participants. The purpose of any conversation should be well understood and the emphasis ought to be on advancing that purpose. Um, and just remember, persuasive leaders start with why. So do impactful deliberations. Uh, we also know that effective deliberations include a heterogeneous variety of perspectives because the combinations of ideas from different places can produce important insights that we might otherwise miss. So leaders are able to frame the issues effectively. Usually that frame articulates key choices and future possibilities as well. So you've got a bunch of different views, but then the leader can frame the issue effectively map out the key choices and future possibilities. Um, so uh, in addition to all that, you, you also have to think about the physical environment that supports the conversation. So purposefully and strategically arranging the environment in a way that supports individuals' participation requires thinking through things like nonverbal priming and a host of other elements uh, related to communication that some of which we've talked about in this podcast. 
Um, I think leaders are also able to make the conversations and experience that fully engage participants emotionally and analytically at the same time. Uh, they can do this in, in any one of a number of ways, but what they're thinking first and foremost is about the experience of the person in the conversation. Uh, and if they put that in the foreground, then they're likely to come up with, with kind of micro strategies for arranging the environment to make it an experience. So once a conversation is structured with those characteristics in mind, then we often choose whether the converse conversation is going to try to generate some shared meetings, try to articulate some options, or try to make decisions. Those tend to be the three main outcomes of effective deliberations, so shared meetings, options, or decisions. Oftentimes, a leader is aware that we need effective deliberations to accomplish all three, and oftentimes leaders are aware that maybe in different moments can't you can't do all three in the same moment. So one moment might be just to generate a shared understanding. Another moment might be to generate some options. A third moment might be to make decisions. Um, so generating mutual understanding can be a significant accomplish, accomplishment on its own, essentially. Um, so recently my department went through a process of changing names. We were the Department of Drama and Speech Communication, and now we're the Department of Communication Arts. And that change required strategic deliberations that generated all, like all three, mutual understanding that laid out some options. We had three options for different names and that reached a final decision about which of the three options was the preferred option. All, all three of those moments required the department chair, not me at the time, to think about the five characteristics that we outlined above, uh, or that I just outlined. I can't describe all the details of the many hours of the conversation I had with my colleagues about the name change. It took a lot of meetings and a long time. But I can say that the leader's job for all of this deliberative activity was to catalyze the conversation, not knowing where the process might end, and not pushing the conversation toward the leader's desired end. I think that's an important thing. Um, that's a leadership skill that's rarely discussed, I think, but it's critically important. And it is a process of persuasion because at the end of the process, people's beliefs, attitudes, and opinions have been transformed by their participation in the process. Sometimes it's far less effective to persuade an audience by delivering a speech than it is to engage others in that kind of deliberative process. And that's because the process is designed in and of itself to be transformative. It is by definition a kind of transformative process. People's beliefs are, are meant to change within or, or kind of as, as a consequence of engagement in the deliberation. Um, so I think that really effective leaders keep those features of effective deliberations in mind and set up moments that have all five of those features and allow the people that they're leading with, the, the people that they're leading, the space to participate in that deliberation so that those individuals are changed by virtue of their participation. Um, I tell this to my students in small group communication all the time, but uh, from our, our very, very young age, from, from infancy, essentially, we are transformed by our interactions with others. And one of the great kind of transformative uh, experience of everyone's life is always a group experience. Now that transformation could be for good or for bad. Some people have horribly negative experiences in dysfunctional groups. And that is transformative in and of itself. It, it, it transforms the person into some someone uh, 
or it gives them qualities or, or beliefs or perspectives that might not be helpful or might be dangerous, but still it was the group, the participation in the group that was transformative. So a leader kind of recognizes the transformative potential and nature of small group communication and then tries to set up deliberations with these characteristics in mind so that the transformation that individuals undergo within their or through their participation is uh, beneficial to both the individual and the group. So that, that's really like another, another key insight here. Um, people are changed by their participation in the group. So you want that change to be beneficial to both the person that has, has had the experience and the group itself. Um, the reason that American football is kind of lionized in culture and celebrated by so many Americans, and one of my favorite TV shows is Friday Night Lights, which was this kind of celebrated, wonderful TV show. And its wonder comes from the fact that those individual high school kids, their lives were transformed by virtue of their participation inside a group. Now, I'm not suggesting that those groups behave like deliberative groups, um, but I am suggesting that the coach's responsibility was in part to set up group processes that would be transformative for both the individual and and the group. And the coach in Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor, uh, he is... So I want to say this about Coach Taylor. He's adept at both strategy, like he thinks about a strategic thinker in terms of football strategy, but he was also clearly attentive to the way that the group experience was transformative for both the whole and, and the parts of the whole um, that were playing, playing football. Uh, for me, also, I had a kind of young, I wasn't on a football team. Um, I played a lot of basketball and those basketball teams were not very fun to be on. They were not, they were transformative, but uh, not in necessarily positive or beneficial ways. They transformed the players that engaged them and the team but in somewhat detrimental ways to some of the players. And then I had a transformative group experience at, uh, at a job in which I was a line cook, and that was transformative in different ways, uh, in really beneficial ways. It kind of made me a different kind of person. It made me a different kind of person because I had an experience. Uh, we pursued a common goal because all five of those features that I talked about were all, all present. Uh, so just to reiterate, uh, you know, we had a purpose and that purpose was really, really clear. We had multiple perspectives about how we would pursue that purpose. Uh, people asked questions and we thought collectively about how to frame that purpose. We had a kind of scene and we had an experience for the, the participants. And all five of those features were there for that, for those, um, that experience. And therefore it was, it was transformative. Um, so leaders should be asking themselves when they're in meetings, have I set up the meeting or I've set up the situation or the conversation in such a way that all five of these characteristics are, 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 um, are there, are present? And will, uh, does that mean that I think that individual participants will be transformed by their participation or their experience within that deliberation? Um, so most of the meetings I sit in are not transformative for me. Sometimes, every once in a while, they are. And those are the conversations that I remember that influence my thinking for years afterward. But they're actually very rare. Um, I don't think any co a company or an institution could survive by having these constantly engaging in these kinds of transformative deliberations. I don't expect them 
to be omnipresent. Sometimes we really do need boring, simple, direct meetings. But if there's a total absence of these transformative conversations, that should be a real red flag for a company or an institution. So if you work at a place right now where there are, are no deliberations, nothing that meets the standard that I just laid out for a deliberation, that they're absent, odds are that is not gonna be a highly functioning organization. It's not gonna be functioning well. Uh, people aren't going to be uh, transformed by their experience in, in meetings, that's for sure. Even though that's a lofty goal, that's not gonna be the goal, that's not gonna be the thing that's, that's happening. Uh, so a leader would be attuned to that and then would kind of try to set up the circumstances by which those the, the by which there could be these transformative uh, conversations or or deliberations. Um, OK, so this may be a lofty goal, uh, even for a leader to get to the place where he or she could catalyze effective deliberations or, or conversations. They would need those earlier skills that I talked about. They would need the ability to engage in humble inquiry, and they would need the ability to be attuned to openness and ambiguity and not seek closure. Leaders that seek closure cannot set up effective deliberations because they already know what, the, what they want the outcome of the deliberation to be. And if they already know what the outcome, that what outcome they want, then they're biasing or disrupting the deliberative conversation in ways that will be harmful for others' participation in that. And those other people will ultimately be distrustful of that leader because they'll think that the conversation or the deliberation or the meeting is just a ruse. It's just something that they have to do so that the leader can just do what he or she wants anyway. Um, so that, that kind of level of attunement to uncertainty and ambiguity allows a leader to enter a deliberation in a way that it can actually catalyze conversations and transform the participants in the conversation. Um, okay, so that I, I take to be a kind of really advanced leadership skill, but a necessary one and one that's often overlooked and one that kind of emerges out of mastery or competence when, in the other forms or in the other kind of modes of, of leadership communication that we were talking about earlier. Um, okay, so that's it for episode 61 of Now We're Talking. I'm going to do one more episode that kind of gives us an overview of leadership skills and uh, what a kind of what we should look for in a leader in terms of communication practices, a kind of broad overview. And then, uh, then I'm going to take a bit of a break for the, the summer and come back with some uh, other episodes about other sorts of communication practices. All right, so thanks everyone for listening.